Welcome, hello. I hope everyone is doing well. Welcome back to another edition of the Malaga Drive Hoops Pod. I'm your host, Caleb, and today we have, uh, luckily enough for us, for you guys, the birthday boy, Tyler Howell. Tyler, how are you doing, buddy? I'm doing well. Happy to be here. Yes, we are obviously very happy to have you back. And uh, I'm thinking moving forward, bro, that uh, you and Sarge just rotate weeks in terms of breaking down what you know what happened that week. You down? That's what I I'm thinking. It. Yeah, and I and, think it's great. And and you get the lead off week, bro. We obviously, I guess, you're getting shortchanged a little bit because uh, week started Thursday. Today is Monday, but you do have. Uh, definitely your your fair share of storylines. There were just things all over the place that, you know, it, it's just great because you have, we had four months to, we've never had this before. You usually have this in the off season, but you have four months to discuss, to analyze, to dissect, to guess, you know, how these teams are going to come out right before the playoffs, like right before the playoffs. You, you had a huge sample size at the start of the season and, uh, you know, everyone's making their predictions and now is, this is, really where it matters but i feel like we saw really good basketball bro like are you are you surprised at that yep you are okay tell me why for you what was your thought process coming in on on what you were expecting on the hoop side of things yeah i thought it was going to be a little bit uh, or i guess i thought it would take a little bit longer for the players to acclimate Mm -hmm. um you know because this is like an aau type um tournament basically that they're doing which they're, they're not arena. used to haven't done that in a while unless you're John Morant and Zion you know right there's no fans and I saw a couple players speak about like the depth perception yeah specifically shooting from deep and um, just being like a dark room basically as opposed to having a bunch of fans and waving signs and having their cell phones <laughs> and stuff. yeah um, Ooh, excuse so me. I think the shooters are liking it and there's just so much intensity Dude, uh, there, there were a totally. lot of fouls in the first couple of games. I, I've noticed that. There are. There are. You know you have those people complaining, but I, I think they got to feel it out. You know, the refs. Well, I think that's part of it. I think I think the refs are probably able to hear a lot more mm-hmm. uh, than that they is would true. in a normal arena. They do have that crowd noise, which, which seems to be being played pretty loud, honestly. I, I've noticed yeah. that. Like, it seems substantial. Teams. But, but they've got to be able to, like, I mean, the refs are right there. It's got to help. You know, it's definitely not as loud as <laughs> thousands of screaming fans. Yeah. Um, but I, I think um, to go along with that, bro, I think part of why we're seeing this and part of the reason I was excited pre-restart um, is just that this bubble is purely basketball. You know, like Harden can't go to the strip club after a game. Like the Lakers can't go out in L.A. Like teams can't go out of Miami you know like it's it's just basketball and and after a game you're going and there's nothing to do you can't harm yourself really with any distractions out there like the, the most harm you're going to do is boredom so I think you're just going to see teams more locked in in general more focused um and that you're going to see that I think on defense but on offense too you know like it's just that that is all you're doing and and you know they talk about the most successful guys in the league you know or or the turning point for young guys is when they realize okay i gotta get into a rhythm i gotta get into a habit every single day and this is almost forcing everyone to do that like in terms of you know just the basketball side I, i think the focus level has never been higher you know yeah um and I was honestly pretty surprised how in shape some of these guys were. Right. Um, I thought it, again, would take a couple games for them to get back into game shape. But you see these guys, I mean, I'm pretty sure Kyle Lowry played like 42 minutes against the Lakers. Yeah. He's just a gamer, obviously. Dude, but, yeah, uh, we'll get into that for sure, for sure. Don't even worry. Um, yeah, but I, I, it's super high-level competition. It's exactly it, what we said it was going to be, like it, playoff level right off the bat. Yeah, and I think one last thing before we close this this intro and head into the actual topics, I, w- I want to know what your you know your take on this. Um, I think it's obvious to say that now. Well, one, the most interesting thing to me is is now, dude. I think these playoffs even are going to be even closer, and I think that obviously that is because you know this setting. But I think another look at it, and it's like it presents such a different dynamic because I think every single game now more than ever is a straight toss-up whereas in before like the home team like if you're the better team and you're at home 
Like sometimes we see lines up to six, seven, eight, nine, ten in the first, second round. You know, like now that every single game is in, on a neutral court, I just think it evens the playing field so much more so that like the Bucks look beatable. You know, that the Celtics almost beat them. The, the Rockets beat them. Like the Lakers go down to the Raptors. Like I just feel like this is going to lend to a lot more seven game series and, and just in general just some intense intense games and series down the line you know yeah i think it's really gonna gonna hurt the lakers it does uh, it does hurt the lakers tremendously honestly especially because that clipper series yep and obviously it hurts the sixers i mean the sixers had the biggest differential between yeah no that's that's been a huge topic yeah all right well we're speaking of those two teams we are going to get to the both of those Appreciate you tuning in, trusting us to recap you on everything that happened in the association. Sit tight. Thank you. Let's get it, Tyler. All right, we're jumping right back into it. So we got, I mean, we got at least eight, nine topics we could talk about. You are one. It's your birthday week. I mean, I guess it would be last week, but it's still within seven days of your birthday. And either way, you're the you're the guest, bro. So what do you want to lead us off with? Doesn't even have to be your top story. I mean, it would make probably make sense if it's your top storyline, but I'm not going to limit you, bro. Lead okay. us off. Um, this one might be a little bit out of left field, but I wanted to I'll talk about the the Grizzlies. Wow, uh, that is, dude. That's I did not expect the Grizzlies. Yeah, when we had our last podcast, I guess it was a couple weeks ago now. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my concerns that I addressed was that they are young and you seem to feel like they were a surefire eight seed going to make the playoffs. Mm -hmm. Um, And I, I just, they're 0 three in, in the bubble now and they have been tight in games late and you've seen, um, I don't want to say the immaturity, but just there are situations that you would, that, that you would expect them to falter, and they have, yeah. um, which is why I struggle to see them breezing into the playoffs. I could still see them being that eight seed. Yeah. Um, but John Moran has been amazing. It's frustrating as hell to watch Dylan Brooks hoop sometimes because he's just yeah. he just has this trigger that he shoots nonstop. Yeah, he's um, just kind of reckless. Kind of like, yeah, he. Like a little bit like Westbrook, but just in a different body type. Like just just hucking up a bunch of shots, and then when he gets when he gets a little bit cooking, yeah, and he's just shooting way more. Um, but Jaron Jackson looks great. Yeah, he's got that that patented spin move down so well. For yes, somebody he's at been such going that. Age. Bro, yeah. so are you saying? So did you just wanted to kind of talk about the Grizzlies? Yeah, just briefly, because I knew we probably wouldn't touch on them. Yeah, so uh, for me, I want to clarify. So when I said Breeze, I just meant, like, I don't think there's – I didn't think and still don't think there's very many scenarios in which they're not the eighth seed come the play in time, which means they got to win one game against whoever's in front of them. Um, And ironically enough, for for having started 0-3 – the Spurs coming on the way they did and the Blazers still having as tough of a schedule as they have ahead of them and the Pels starting 0-2. I mean, I still think if the Grizzlies have to face the Spurs twice, they 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 win one of those two games, especially after having only lost by two yesterday. Um, I will say I, I think you're 100% right, and, and you've seen it. They are so young, and this is such a unique situation. I think that's why you saw even someone like Jason Tatum first night just not quite have it. Um, you're 22. You're. I mean, this is just weird. There's everything is different. Like you've never played an NBA game like this. So um, for a whole team to be that young, that's just a tall task to get them ready to go. And and you saw. I mean, I watched most of the Pelicans game today. I mean, you just saw there were stretches on offense where they really don't know what to do if Jaw hasn't created something. And um, a lot of times Jaws eventually there to bail him out, but he wasn't today, and, and they took another tough L. And, and they've had d- different ways of losing to three different teams, but all three games you saw their youth. Um, but what I have also seen positively is just they play so hard. No matter what's going on, they're not going to complain. They're going to get after it. And, and uh, 
it's just a winning first. I mean, you see the peak of what a winning first culture is in the Raptors, and and we'll get there. But I just see a lot of that in the Grizzlies in terms of everyone just caring about winning first. And sometimes someone like Dylan, you watch him, and it doesn't look like that. But, I mean, that guy just – Taylor Jenkins – they talked about it today. Taylor Jenkins has talked with him like, we love what you do. We love your aggression. But, I heard that too. I yeah. thought that was interesting. But – and that's a, that's the way you got to go about it again is is making sure he knows he's appreciated and and making sure he knows that you understand part of how good he is is from his aggression but also seeing if there's certain spots where okay maybe we don't take this this early or hey maybe why are you pushing this one on two you know with 20 seconds left on the shot clock um but i yeah. think overall the, the grizzlies ha- it's a, it's just a family vibe there you know yeah and again, and we, we've touched on it in the past, but just they are, you know, one to two years ahead of where they should be right now. So totally. this is all gravy. Totally. They're, they're playing with house money at this point, and this experience is going to be incredible for them, whether they do end up being the A seed or not, mm-hmm. um, especially if they do end up being the A seed. But uh, yeah, and um, I, I, the, the youth has definitely shown uh, totally. in, in Orlando so far. Yeah. Um, and I think it just pairing with it, it goes pretty well is, is talking briefly about the Pelicans. Um, and, and I think obviously the big storyline is Zion because you've seen the, the Pelicans, this Pelican story is not told unless you tell the tale of the two Pelicans teams, which is this Pelican team with Zion and this Pelican team without Zion. And they're two very, very different teams. Um, and so you came into this ha- having them obviously need to really, win as many games as possible and for him to play 15 minutes was for me at first my initial reaction was like come on man like he's not coming back from an injury it's just conditioning like what are you doing and then I actually listened to David Griffin talk and he said he made a really interesting point that I never really thought about and he said because obviously they're getting shit on Twitter and everywhere like burst burst uh management or whatever it was and and he said that well, we've put like a lot of research and time into this, and um, it's we can come to the conclusion like succinctly that uh, most injuries happen when you're tired, and so we don't want him to play when he's tired. So we're gonna play him. See, that's and, I, I get that. And I you see Jonathan Isaac, logic. right? Yep. Like, like it's just not worth it. And so I understand in their minds, let's play him 18 minutes, make sure he's not tired, and slowly ramp our way up. And they've. They've handled him with kid gloves, so to say, this year. But it's been a successful year, so to say. He's he's grown, he's played, but he hasn't gotten hurt. And I, I don't think this team was winning the title anyway. So I, I understand where they're coming from, even if it's frustrating to Zion, the coach, Alvin, I'm sure, and, and the fans. Um, I get it. But it's an interesting, really, dynamic when you think about what position they're in and, and really – what everyone's jobs are is to win as many games as possible, you know? Yeah. I, I mean, I understand setting a, it was a 15 minute, uh, 15 minute limit his first game. Mm-hmm. Um, and I get if, if David Griffin doesn't want to push him past that Alvin Gentry probably got to be super frustrated. He's kind of put in between a rock and a hard place. Yeah, his job how, is just to win. Right. I don't understand how he is not budgeting those minutes to where Zion can be on the floor for the last three to four minutes of the game. Yeah, I, I mean, the Clippers game, that was irrelevant. But, I mean, it, it was the Jazz, the jazz it was game. never more relevant. Like, yeah, I, yep. I wonder if they didn't think that far and thought they were just going to roll through the Jazz. I mean, I don't know. And so... We'll I mean, see. They, they were up pretty big at half, so maybe they just thought, all right. Yeah, like, and then by the time he's cooled down. Now. But you got to know, especially in the NBA, the game of runs. Um, I just wonder, I mean, the, the Pelicans still, they have a soft schedule left. They've gone through the hardest part, which was that Jazz Clippers stretch. Um, it's it's soft, and they play the Spurs. So um, I, I think if they went out, which is possible, they should be good for that, for that ninth seed. But uh, we'll see. Um, Okay, let's see. Let's see. So we've we've touched Grizzlies, Pelicans, kind of outer bubble, um, outer playoff teams. Um, What do you want to go with next, bro? Do you have something you're interested in talking? Yeah, I kind of want to hear your thoughts on Dallas. Dallas, yes. And what's kind of gone down? That's another thing. That's a couple games there. Yeah, totally. So 
Um, there was a really so I was there, there's multiple things. I actually I will I will say right off the bat I I was driving for that Rockets Mavs game and and so I watched the highlights, but you don't really get um you know the same feel you do watching a game live just just for the little things. So it just seemed like that was a game where no one could miss from three. Obviously, um you know Houston has a, a crazy offense and then Dallas has a historically good offense. Um, and it just seems like, the, you know, the Rockets outshot him. I don't know. Would you say in the final moments, would you say there was a collapse by Dallas? Or or how would you characterize that? Yes. Okay. Yes. I mean, the, the game came down to one play where there was no box out. Right. And Covington put put the tip back. But, um, yeah. yeah, I mean, that's the concern with Dallas. They so can score the with defense. anybody, but, uh, but it's the defense. Yeah. And, and, um, and so my I, – I would say – I would be – I think people in general are too quick to overreact, right? I think these two losses in the grand scheme of things, we could be looking back at the start of the playoffs and uh, this could be nothing. But on the other end, I think there's a very, very interesting point. And I was actually on the Sun subreddit. I frequent every single team subreddit. That's how psycho I am. Uh, just to see if I can find and, and just know like even minor storylines going um, with these teams, and I was reading this this reaction to the game on the Sun side, um, or it was actually on the Mavs side, and they were one guy said he watched on the Suns broadcasting team, and the Suns broadcaster who played in the NBA, I forget who it was, maybe like Eddie Davis or something, was like the Suns had had started to make a dent into into Dallas's lead, and it was down from like fifteen to like maybe seven or eight, and he was like, watch this, Dallas because they they feel the sun's coming on a little bit are going to start to just shoot a lot of, a lot of threes and the suns are going to get back into it and that's exactly what happened Dallas kind of panicked tried to shoot threes and I think that's been a trend with them um, and that's just not something you can do in this bubble where teams are gonna go on runs I would lean towards Carlisle being able to somewhat figure out this defense but and I know I've given you both sides I think, it is concerning though because you, they came in. You you read the quotes. They said we want to move up. Like we we feel like we can move up from seven. We don't want to be seven and to come out and and obviously lose that tough one and lay a, not lay an egg but lay a second half egg. Um, that's got to be somewhat concerning, you know. I mean, we we don't want to overreact. I I know that, but I mean, if they close out those two games, they're the four seed in the West right now. Which, which is much more favorable to them right now, mind you. Definitely. Like, and, and massively. Again, the, the, home, the, the home court is obviously a wash. It doesn't matter. But you got to think just mentally for this Dallas team, who is relatively young as well. Yeah. Um, I, losing those two games to Western Conference opponents where you had a sizable lead in both games um, and you're not able to close it out, that does probably raise some concerns. No, I, I completely agree. And I think tomorrow will be a big day. Because uh, Dallas plays the the Sacramento Kings, and I think, I, I mean, I've been I could be wrong, but the Kings just generally play their best best basketball when their back is absolutely up against the wall and there's no more room. And so I think you're going to get the best or or close to the best Kings tomorrow, especially off of just embarrassing blowout to the Orlando Magic. Embarrassing, you know. Um, one of the things about that Rockets Mavericks game. Um, because Brian and I were watching that, and Trey Burke had a godly light game. Oh, he man. shot 11, they can 11 get for that 16, Trey Burke. <laughs> yeah. eight, 8 for 10 from deep, and for whatever reason down the stretch, Carlisle had Steph Curry in the game who didn't hit a shot um, the whole game, and I didn't really understand that move because Trey Burke really was their main source of offense outside of Porzingis. Yeah. Um, and 31 points for them. Yeah, I think that just goes down to the the body of work, and I, I get it. I think sometimes you overthink it and, and just go, Seth, there, you got to just ride the hot hand. But it's also a lot easier to say that now. Yes, had, definitely. You know, and Seth has – I've been watching a lot of Mavs this year, and he's no longer it's, – it's, the reason why he's shooting better from three, in my opinion, is because now he's no longer just a three-point shooter and – if you close out too hard, he really is able to attack that closeout and has gotten to that point. And so it's just opened up things. So I, I get it. He's been really good this year. But when you, I mean, when you have a guy that has is at 31, 11 from 16, you probably got to ride that. But I, I, for 10 from deep. 
Yeah. He was unreal. No, I'm, he was unreal. I'm not all the way out on the Mavs. I, I, and I'm actually, I feel like not even as far out as some would be considering the start. Uh, but I, I think they do have some issues, but I, I think there are also issues that they can work out. And, it's um, difficult for, for the Mavericks um, because if they end up being the seventh seed, I mean, facing the Lakers or the Clippers, um, yeah. I, I guess now it's just going to be But the they, they still got time to move up. They do. Um, they do. They do. But they do. you don't want to be in that seventh spot. No, they, the Lakers and Clippers are a completely different caliber of team than anybody else in the West, yeah. in my opinion. No, I, I completely agree. All right, let's get to the big hitter because we have 15 minutes till break, and I think this probably takes up about 15 minutes. And I think how I start this is going to lead really towards just in general the title talk. And I'm going to start with the Clippers. And I think everyone knows – I don't know if it was with you. Yeah, I think you were the last pod before the restart. I've talked about just how high in general I am on the Clippers on every single platform. Um, and I think this start just kind of confirmed it for me. I think they're the title favorite in my eyes, especially after watching the Bucks and Lakers. Yes, the Bucks are without Eric Bledsoe. But, I mean, you you go into that game, I mean, against the Lakers, and, and just in general, I just feel like we talked about it on Twitter. I think it's damn near impossible to keep PG and Kawhi down for, for any extended period of time. You know, like PG can have a tough half. Kawhi's there, and, and vice versa. And it's not just those two, right? Like, it is right now, but when Lou and Harold get back, that's that's more options. And, and Beverly looks so good. I mean, they waxed a Pelicans team that needed a win. And, and obviously, needing a win is sometimes overhyped. But, like, waxed. Like, they're, they're, they had no shot. And they didn't play all that great against the Lakers and, and were right there without two six-men-of-the-year guys. I just feel like... They have everything you need here in this bubble. And I think it's so, so underrated that PG and Kawhi are the healthiest they've been. I think we we haven't seen the best versions of either of these two guys in honestly a while. Maybe you could say Kawhi this year, but I got I to gotta feel like he's even better this year. So I, I just off the bat, I, I love the way the Clippers look and, and feel like they are definitely the, the title contender with the way Kawhi and PG look right now. Um. I'll, I'll respond to that, but I, I have a question about PG. Like, do you okay. think that um, I know we are just one year separated from his, you know, close to MVP type season? But mm-hmm. with the injuries that he has had, do you think that we will ever see that player again? He's thirty right now. Yeah, I, th- I think you're seeing him right now. Honestly, I think you're seeing the start of MVP level PG right now. I think you just hasn't played basketball in four months, so it's you can't see all of it. But I think this is that version of PG, and I don't know. Obviously, we'll see how long he can go. But, I mean, I mean, the numbers in the first two games were very, very good, and I think they just get higher and higher the, the more of a rhythm he gets into because it's just clear he's, he's moving different. He's shooting shots more confidently. There's just so much more of a rhythm and swagger to his game. And, uh, yeah, so to answer your question, I think it's right right at this very moment. We're, we're about to see him. Um, one of the – well, a couple thoughts that I had. Well, first off, that was a great game. That was – the NBA has done such a good job. And that first night, that Thursday night, the mm-hmm. games were awesome. Um, it was tense. It felt like it was the playoffs. So the NBA did an impeccable job. Um, I – yeah, I mean, the, the, the Clippers, they're the type – and they've done this – in both games that they beat the Lakers, the Lakers were up double digits, and then the Clippers just chipped away, chipped mm-hmm. away, chipped away, um, and then all of a sudden they're up double digits. Um, and I was worried. You know, obviously I was worried when they were up like 13 points. I was like, right. how the hell did that just happen? Like, and, what and, just happened? And Kuz and, and, and Dion were hooping too, you know? like. So, so one of the things that I did feel watching that game – and yes, the Clippers didn't have Lou Williams or Trez. Mm-hmm. I don't think that the Clippers' depth is as good as we had been talking it up to be. Um, I that think... was one of the things that I noticed. I like I, the, the game was competitive, but if you actually looked at the numbers in the game, it was Kawhi and it was PG that kept them in the game. That's what um, I'm saying, bro. They they don't have their two best bench pieces, who are also the two best bench pieces in the league. So like. 
I understand that. Saying I, their depth I, is I, bad when they're... Or, I'm not saying it's bad. I'm not saying it's bad. I just don't think it's as good as we had hyped it up to be, is what I was saying. Okay, I, like, I, I think I just disagree with you on that, bro. And and that's okay. But, but where do you see the weaknesses, then, that I'm not seeing? Like, I just don't... Like, when I was looking at the game, mm-hmm. and, and again, this is knowing that Lou Williams and Trez are not there. Obviously, when they're playing, they have the, ben- the, the best bench in the league. Okay, um, well, then, bro, it's not... I feel like then if that's the case, then that's probably... Like, I agree. If they don't have Lou and Harold, sure, but, like, they should, right? For as we're... They, they should. I mean, hopefully. I, I don't know when Trez is coming back, but I just felt like when people talked about the Clippers, they would go, like, 10 deep or 11 deep with how good their bench was. Yeah. Not just Trez and not just, not I, just Lou. Yeah, I mean, bro. I, I Go ahead. Sorry. I'm sorry, bro. Yeah, I just... I don't know. I, I just wasn't super Im- impressed with the bench. Again, I okay. know that Lou and, and Trez weren't there, but the point that, that you and I had been talking about, um, you know, at nauseum was the, the Lakers' third option. Who's, his, who's it going to be? It's going to be Kuz, KCP. Mm. Um, and I was listening to Rob Perez's periscope after the game. I shot you a text immediately because he made a great point. Um, that the Lakers now have four of the streakier shooters in the league on their team now with Kuz, KCP, JR, and Dion. And as you saw in that game, two of them were playing well. So if they can formulate this offense around having one or two of them going on any given night, I'm not sure if they need that solidified, here's our third best option on offense. That's fair, yeah. And and we talked about that, I think. First, I think actually, first off, going back to the Clippers because I think this whole topic is just back and forth about the Clippers, Lakers, Buckers, or bu- Clippers, Lakers, Bucks. I would argue, bro, that I think I saw exactly what I needed from the Clippers that night because of, you know, you lose Lou Will, you lose Montrezl Harrell, and and I think Jamichael Patterson and Bev provided exactly what they needed, honest, and Reggie, like. I felt like most teams can't lose two huge guys like that and have all those guys. I felt like every single one of those guys just filled in a little bit more than what they needed. And collectively, they obviously lost, but they're right there with a team who had their full collective group and Kuz and TH or THJ. Dion played played great. So I was encouraged personally. And I think I don't know. I think we're just gonna have to agree to disagree there. I, I think this depth is is actually a huge part of this Clippers team. Um in terms of the third option, I agree, but I still don't know. I don't know. I, I feel like at what point, and this is more playing devil's advocate, but at what point, like, how do you define going? Like, hot? Is it like a stretch of the game? Like, is it a full game? Because I still don't know, especially with, that's where, yeah. That's where, as a Laker fan, I don't have a lot of confidence in that option. I wish they did have a solidified third option because it leaves so much up in the air. Like, are these guys going to be going? What is the definition of going? Right. Are they going to get 10 points? Are they going to get 12 points? And Um, and that might not be enough. I mean, this was a relatively low-scoring game. Yeah. Um, And and we saw, and it's been three games, we've already seen moments where, especially you point to the Raptors, a team that is so good defensively and really – as you get higher and higher, deeper and deeper in the playoffs, you're going to see this. Like, what happens when Braun is taken away, and and what God forbid both are taken away, which I doubt happens very often. Like, you're going to need consistent long stretches, not just two big shots by Kuz here and there. And to Kuz's credit, I feel like he's he's done a good job being a lot more consistent. But for me, having watched the Lakers three games, bro, like. I just feel like they're a lot more vulnerable than they looked in the regular season. Well, I think the Clippers game plan that they had in game one against the Lakers on Thursday is the blueprint to beat the Lakers. Is You do your best to shut down LeBron and AD and then hope that the other guys aren't able to capitalize. And in that specific instance, Kuz and Dion both performed well. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, that, that is the blue point. Uh, the Raptors shut both Braun and AD down. And they smacked them. Yeah. And so, I mean, 
yeah, if you look at the that Clippers Lakers game, AD was eight for nineteen. LeBron was six for nineteen. Same thing with AD against the Raptors. If you can game plan against shutting down those two guys, um, then it leaves it up to everybody else yeah. on the Lakers bench. Um, that does worry the shit out of me as a Lakers yeah. fan because none of those guys are consistent enough. But I know that it can happen. Right, and I think the if it were to happen, the Raptors are the team to have it happen against because I think a lot of times you play them and they, they give up the second most threes in the league. And I feel like a lot of times when you play them, you see the opposing team fans. You you go on Twitter. Sorry, this even happened to Sard. I'll talk to him about it later. But it was like, we're just missing wide open threes. But the Raptors have every single player's like percentages from every single pl- point on the floor. And they will give up those threes and live and die by it, even if it's wide open. But they have such a crazy game plan on defense. that You watch the end of that Lakers game against them, and it was like, the, the the Lakers couldn't get a, a, a good look. And it was – we're talking about contenders. I think you have to talk about the Raptors. Just this setting plays perfectly to them. And no home courts, just they bring their defense every single night and it is going to give them a shot. And and I think a big, uh, a big talking point is like, okay, they don't have that traditional go-to 25, 26, 27 point per game score – but you see on a day like today, Fred Van Vliet goes for 30-something. Against the Lakers, Kyle Lowry, it was his night. So, dude, I just think I feel a lot – I feel very excited having them to win the East plus 800, 7, 800. And then I, I think this is definitely a dark horse team to, to win the title this year, to go back-to-back. Yeah, I mean, they should be talked about as – one of the title I mean they're the 47 and 18 they have the but they're not bro like I've talked to Sarge many times and he's just out on him and then they they go and beat the Lakers and I think he's gonna say it was lucky but and it it wasn't even it wasn't even like hey they like they skated by against the Lakers like they beat their ass in the fourth quarter specifically but I mean they had a double digit win like and they handled the Lakers like it was uh like they were riding the high of the Clippers win and they kind of just folded it in no no the they but, knew what they were getting into the lakers yeah I, I i'm not sure if i buy that this raptors team is legit and mm-hmm. they're gonna give the bucks all that they can handle and i wouldn't be surprised if they if they got back to the finals they are really really good i mean talk about depth we were we were discussing the clippers depth but the, the raptors that yeah. they can run out 10 11 12 guys that are going to be um beneficial to them it's it's yeah. crazy how deep this team is um but yeah it's it's somebody new every every single night you Buc- just thought it was Bucks Raptors is, is destined to go seven man you think so yeah I, I I feel like that has to go seven and I can't wait to, to see that go seven but um I, I let's just One keep ta- yeah I was gonna say One. keep it up with the wraps and then we'll move to the Bucks after break we still have some yeah. time before break though we got like three minutes. One last thing that I wanted to touch on that is worrying to me as a Laker fan um, is I know it's only been three games, but they are shooting 26% from deep. And the one guy that I'm really seeing struggling is Danny Green. And this is not like, oh, he's just been struggling for three games. He has not had the best season in general. Um, And it's worrying. I mean, Avery Bradley was one of the Lakers best three point shooters this year. He's not here any longer. Yeah. Um, and so I just don't know who it's going to be. I mean, I was lose my X factor. Rusty. Yeah. And, I, I, I think Dion. Dion's look decent. Dion's look good. Yeah. I mean, you're not going to get a, a great Philly cheese Dion every night, but like he looks like he came to Orlando ready, you know? And that's saying something. That's that's big with Dion. Yeah. There's a guy uh, that passed out on a plane on edibles. Like, <laughs> you know? But I agree, bro. I, I think still that's with funny. Danny. I feel like part of the reason is he's now the lead wing defender. But I think you've seen so much from Danny in the past in the playoffs, as as recent as last year, that I think it's like, all right, I know he struggled shooting, but I think he'll, he'll figure it out for the play. He's got some time. This is shooting practice for him. Get them all out. And I think come playoff time, you can rely on him. Hopefully. I mean, you got to hope because you, gotta hope. you need shooting in this league, especially when Braun and AD aren't the biggest – you know, that's the difference. I think you, you definitely still take the, the Lakers duo, but P, I mean, PG and Kawhi can create 
something yeah. out of nothing. There could be eight seconds on the shot clock, and you still feel pretty good if the ball's top of the key with either of those guys' hands. And you can't necessarily always say the same thing about both those guys on the Lakers. So um, we'll see, man. This is very, very, very interesting. We Again, you don't know when – Lou Will should be back soon. But you don't know when Montrez is coming back. Grandma passed away, and, and then once he comes back, he has to re-quarantine and all that good stuff. So definitely yeah, something they, uh, to monitor. Yeah, I saw Doc said something today about how um, like he shouldn't come back until his He's mind good. is right. Yeah. And he, he was – He's torn up. What, what Trez, yeah, dude, what, what he put on his Instagram yeah. story today, like he does not look like somebody that could come in and – and help right now. Right. I mean, clearly he's going through some things, and I feel for him. Yeah, um, and I don't think they I don't need know. him. To I don't know him. when he's going to be back. Yeah, I, and I think you would hope Trez just let him get it all out of his system, and then I think he'll honestly be able to channel this that into this. Probably, it seems like the Trez thing to do. Okay, uh, we're going to take a quick break. Come back. Keep talking title contention because there's uh, still some contenders. I feel like we haven't talked about. All right, and we're back, second half. Let's get it. Um, moving on with title contention talk, let's just go straight to the Bucks. And uh, first take from seeing the Bucks watch both games very intently. I think, I mean, I would like to think that um, Bledsoe being back helps them a lot. But I really, I still see the potential to beat the Bucks for as good as they were last, or the all-regular season. I just see it, man. Like, when the game slows down, you, you saw it against Houston, who had no one over 6-7. Like, Giannis drives into the paint, and the Rockets did an absolutely phenomenal job of walling up the paint. And really, like, there was no one open. And, and there's going to be times people are open. And even if, when people are open, are Wes Matthews and, and Dante DiVincenzo ready for that? I don't know. I just think the 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 gap, that this so-called gap that a lot of people think exists and might have existed at one point, is a hell of a lot smaller than it was. And the Bucs are still a very, very good team and prob- probably the best team in the league. And overall, I, I just think, dude, they're, they're beatable, especially after seeing them lose to the Rockets. Again, some recency bias. But the way some of these Eastern Conference teams are playing, like the Raptors are locked in, the Heat are locked in, like the Celtics – I know they they lost to the Bucks, but they were right there, and the, these teams are on their on the Bucks' heels. Yep, I'm. Um, I I I hope that this doesn't happen to the Bucks, but it, <laughs> I feel like they're trending towards being like a great regular season team um, that doesn't have the formula to win in the playoffs. That's my Bulls are special, bro. Yeah, and. They, they almost remind me of like the Dodgers. Of the <laughs> That's a terrible like, thing to say as a Dodgers fan, but yes. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> I, I've, I've gone through my fair share of hardship with them. But I mean, obviously, they are a super fun team to watch. They can beat down on 90% of the teams in the league. Um, they can win on any given night against whoever. But I mean, you saw it with the Rockets. Like, and we, we've talked about this all season long. Like when it gets down to the fourth quarter and it's a one possession, two possession game and it slows down, what are they going to do? How is it going to work? And the Rockets showed the blueprint on how to beat the Bucks again, just like the Raptors did last year. Um, and one stat that I did not know about the Rockets, they are ranked third in the league in clutch defense. They have a 97.8 rating. That's um, amazing. During clutch moments which and you weird. saw that versus milwaukee you really yeah, did and, and harden takes a lot of heat for his defense but i mean he's he, really he improved looks, honestly he looked great in the fourth quarter yeah he was really improved and i think you saw that i mean the, the clutch defense moment with the rockets they were down like six with two minutes left and they were down maybe even a little bit more earlier and they locked in locked up and the bucks didn't score from then on, and and if they can do that to a team like the Bucks, who are very good offensively, obviously defense first, but um, I mean they, they they can do that to the Lakers, they can do that to the Clippers, and if they hit their shots, it's curtains. And, and we talked about how this style AU, it's just basketball. Harden can't go to the strip club or anything like that. Like it's basketball, 
And I just think this Rockets team is so capable of getting hot. It sucks they're in the tougher conference, but I, I would not be surprised at all if Clippers, Lakers, whoever they meet first go seven, two. And again, yeah. these are just off the dome after the first week. And I just saw the Bucks them beat the Bucks and Mavs in, in shootouts. But I, I just Harden is as talented as anyone and, and can create as well as anyone. And, and Russ is playing really well. And they seem to have this defensive chemistry too. When the, when it gets down to it, and it it's hard. Who was the fifth guy there it, against the Bucks? It was Daniel House. Yeah, and he those five. He's shooting fifty percent. He's been arc he's been ripping threes. He's been ripping threes, and and they're yet to get Eric Gordon back, who healthy uh, makes that team just even more lethal. Because now, when you you can't completely leave Eric Gordon when Harden's um, run dribbling and getting through because he can attack a closeout. So I, I don't think I put I'm, – I'm ready to put them over Lakers Clippers, but I do think I'm ready to put them slightly behind. And and with the Bucks, bro, I mean, I, I want to give them a chance to have Bledsoe back because I think that's where he actually is a huge defensive upgrade over George Hill, which just I feel like there's some trickle over effect if you're getting more stops, you know. But – uh, they definitely look beatable, you know, and, and that was something you never really saw in the regular season. Even against good teams, they'd smack them. And they've had two games, and, and both were very close. And they got Brooklyn tomorrow, which I, I like them to probably win by double digits. No cares. It's interesting watching the Rockets because, obviously, if they're not hitting their, their shots, they're not going to be competitive. Yeah. Um, but – just the sheer volume of three-pointers that they are taking. I mean, they took 61 three-pointers against the Bucks, um, And if they are hitting at whatever their clip is, I think they, as a team, they shoot something like 34 or 35% as a team, which is what they shot against the Bucks. They're going to be in every single game. Yeah. Um, and you think about how many, like that extra point from a three. Just... Exactly. And they have the types of shooters, obviously, Harden, but, I mean, Daniel House has shown he's been able to do it. Covington Not can shoot a higher clip than, than 35%. So, I think, like, the Rockets shot their um, their average against the Bucks, who we just said might be the best team in the league. So, they shot their average percent from deep and still won that game. Imagine if they start getting hot and they start it's, shooting closer to 40% from deep. Yeah. And then it's like, that, that could have been a, a bigger win than just four points. Yeah, it's a dangerous, dangerous team, man. And, and I think... Really, guys, enjoy this. Enjoy this year. And obviously, there's so much shit going on. That's tough. But in terms of basketball, enjoy this because I don't think we'll ever see another playoffs where there's just the, this. It's it's almost like it's not like baseball, but it's almost like baseball in that there's like six teams, honestly. And you could maybe another team could emerge where I'm like, I would not be shocked if they get hot and, and find themselves at least in the conference finals, you know? Yep. And I, I'm, I'm here for it. I really am here for it. So do you think um, – I don't think that, that we can put the Rockets in the Lakers – Clippers, Bucks, Bucks too. No. Territory, but, but they're do you fourth. think that they are the – you think that you would put them above the Raptors? I think them and the Raptors – I'm sorry, I – Let's not get ahead of ourselves. I think I put the Raptors ahead of the, the Rockets, but slightly. And, and there's not that big of a difference to the point where I, I have them in their own tier together outside of that. But that, that, I mean, they are looking into that tier. I know it's early, but I, I wouldn't be surprised at the end of this week if can, things continue on this path. Where, like, even the Lakers beat the Jazz, but this is a Jazz team that got blown out by the Thunder, you know, was getting blown out at half by a Pelicans team that's way under 500, obviously different team. Like, it took them a little – and obviously it's one thing to say, okay, why didn't you blow out a team? But, like, the Jazz were in it, you know what I mean, for a while. And it's just – I don't know. I, maybe it's – because. Do you, do you think Braun's okay? Like, do you think he's saving himself? Or why do you think we've seen this dominant Braun we've seen at many points this season? Yeah, I, I mean, because I don't think that he – I think he just wanted to secure the one seat um, and not get hurt. I mean, I, I, I don't think that this is, you know, the best Braun that we're going to see in the next couple of months. Yeah. I, think, I mean, he's, he 
haven't played competitive basketball in four months, just like a bunch of other guys. And I think he's still getting his footing um, underneath him. And also with this Laker team, I mean, the rotations that they have are completely different than what they were playing with towards, um, or, or I guess right before the shutdown. I mean, they lost two key rotation pieces and they brought in two, two new rotation pieces. And you have Caruso getting more minutes. So I think they're getting acclimated. Um, but no, I mean, he hasn't looked unbelievable he hasn't looked like the best player on the planet that's for sure um but really quickly back to the rockets i think that if you're if you're looking at teams that at least to me as a laker fan that that strike fear um the rockets are up there i mean they're they're above the raptors personally in my opinion 100 percent but they, they just strike fear in you. And, and I don't really feel that with the Jazz or the Thunder or the Mavericks or even the Nuggets. No. Um, I, I just think the Lakers have much more talent. Um, but the Rockets, with the way they shoot the three ball, that's concerning. I mean, that, especially if you go down to a game seven um, against a team like the Rockets, where it's like if their shots are falling, they're going to beat you. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that as a Lakers fan, you'd probably be more scared of the Rockets, bro. Um, but we've we've touched on then so the, we've covered the big five i think that that you're looking at for you know the title contenders and, and again other teams can definitely emerge from there but let's move forward and talk um about some teams as we head towards the end of this um that maybe aren't at the you know frontier contention but are definitely still worth talking about um and let's uh, do you i know you wanted to talk about the thunder Let, let's let's take some time to talk about them now go ahead bro what are your thoughts on them um, yeah, I mean, obviously they had a tough loss in overtime today to the Nuggets, but they didn't have, um, they didn't have Dennis. Did they, did they not have one other guy that was in the rotation today? Uh, no, I mean, they didn't have, they were without Terrence Ferguson today, but he didn't really even play against, uh, against the Jazz. Cause yeah, Dort, I mean, Dort has surpassed him and Roberson yeah. is yeah. back too. So. Um, I, I can't even really formulate what I want to say. Dude, I got them. you. You but can yeah, build up. And I know that, that, that you're going to run with it, but um, they're just the type of team that's going to be competitive against whoever they play. It's going to be yeah. a tough first round. Chris Paul won't let get. them not be, yep. you know? Um, yep, yep, yep. I, I agree, bro, and I've watched both their games. Obviously, a tough loss to the Nuggets today, but um, just the intensity they came in with against the Jazz, like every single possession I watched, they on defense were connected. Every possession possession on offense they had a clear system that they were running for certain looks and it was so calculated everything and 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 you i've seen i've watched all 30 teams now it's so clear when there's not like even today memphis versus um the pelicans you could tell there's just some moments where it was like shit like offensively it's we got to find jaw just has to create something but that was never the case even though chris paul Shy could all, all, always do that. It's never just ISO one of these guys at the top of the paint. It's constant movement, and and they have different sets for for anyone, and it's so creative. and And then on defense, they're so locked in. So I I think they they can beat. I I would not rule them out beating anyone besides the Clippers or may. I I would doubt they beat the Lakers. the Lakers. I doubt they beat the Lakers. But would I be shocked? I mean, I would be shocked. Yeah, okay, we'll just throw them in there. Lakers and Clippers. But I think they they have a shot to beat everyone else, and it's because of they Chris Paul. They could definitely beat the Nuggets if it was 3-6, round one. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. And I think that, that now is a good time to just talk about MPJ, man. Burst on the scene. My first ever video on Malaga Drive Hoops Instagram was a Michael Porter Jr. video where I was, like, commentating over it, bro. And, and we're seeing defensive lapses still for sure. And I think that's why he hasn't gotten to like 30 plus minutes, but you can see just the raw offensive talent. I mean, this guy dropped 37 in a, in a bubble game as a 21 year old, like ridiculous, special offensive talent. What, uh, what was he drafted? 14. 14. Stupid. That's insane. It's insane that nobody took a risk on him before the Nuggets did. I think the issue, dude, I think the issue, and we've seen it far too often and it sucks is a lot of these guys don't have a lot of job security, so they can't risk in their eyes drafting an asset and putting energy into an asset who physically isn't even there right now. So I get it, but it's it's 
I mean, we're in 2020, man. Like, you can't let guys like MPJ fall to 14. You can't let someone like Bull Bull fall to 44. Like, it. I don't care. I don't care if they have two broken feet. I don't care if MPJ had two broken feet, two broken hands. You, you don't let them fall outside of the top 10. And, and Bull, you definitely don't let fall outside of the first round. I understand not wanting to spend a lotto, but, like, come on. Yeah. I mean, what's, what's really impressive is, I mean, this game – that he had I mean, 37 and 12 against a good defensive team. Like it, it was just such a well-rounded performance out of him today. And yeah. over time, um, and that's I mean, huge. Was, for, I mean, we talk about the landscape of the West, bro. If he pans out into a star star, and now you're looking at Jamal Murray, Gary Harris, Will Barton, Michael Porter Jr. and Yoke, or even Michael Porter Jr. at the three, Paul at the four, like. I mean, if he makes a, the leap he could, are we looking at the Nuggets as the best team? And, and then the Pelicans are in there, the Mavs, Warriors come back, Rockets. I mean, this West is just... And, and that's why this game was so important for him because he was the one that put them over the top today in this overtime game, and they did it without Jamal. So or Gary, or Barton. Confidence-wise, you have Porter that's like, well, shit, like I just won a game for us. Like, I, why can't I do this in the playoffs? You know, it's a playoff-type atmosphere. Obviously, Jokic had a great game as well, but, um, like, he can be a down-the-stretch type of scorer for them, which I'm not sure if he would have had that same level of confidence had he not had a game like this totally. um, in the bubble. I agree. I agree. And and I real quick, I know this is a little off-topic, but it isn't. Um Dude, I mean, we're just go along that, dude. Th- there's not going to be a single team, I feel like, in the West that is, quote, rebuilding next year. You know, that's 15 teams that all, at the start of the year, like the playoffs are something that we're targeting. Which yeah, is, I, I, saw your, I saw your tweet about that. T- it was either today or yesterday. Yes, there yeah, um, too. Yeah, I but. mean, you basically, you have the Warriors coming back with the first overall pick. Which is ridiculous. Um, you have a healthy staff. You have a he- healthy clay. They take whatever the eighth spot in the playoffs would be. Um, and all of these teams are loaded, loaded. I mean, the, the top half specifically is loaded. But yeah, they, there's not a there's not really a rebuild team. It'll be interesting to see what the Kings do this off season. Um, but and, and maybe that we, we're talking about the Spurs. They're kind of in that that middle ground yeah they can but they look good too and they have young guys that are going to get better right there's there's simply no bad teams and i think that leads perfectly into one more thing is the suns are not far out guys and they don't have the craziest schedule and it wasn't two fluky wins it was a solid beatdown of the wizards and a huge come from behind win against the mavericks like they don't come from behind if they're all not bought in and I think Monty Williams has – you've seen it time and time again. This team has looked great at sometimes and then terrible at other times. And you're going to get that with a young team. But to have this young group this focused, like that is a huge task. And it's it's not likely they make it, but they're a game in – I think they're a game out of the Spurs now, right? Like they're, they're exactly where the Pelicans are, maybe even a little bit closer. That's something I should check. You know what? I'm just going to check that right now. They um, – they... You got it for me? Yeah, I got it for you. They are... Of the ninth seed, how far out? A game and a half back. Okay. Yeah, that's... We're talking. We're, we're yeah. on a I mean, they finally decided to put the ball on Mikhail Bridges' hands. Like, he's, yeah. he's finally yeah. like an offensive weapon for them. It's... Aiden that, looks that good. Trade that the that the Sixers made still perplexes me to this day. Yeah, t- shout out TJ Warren for the first 50-piece. In the bubble. Dude, he's a bucket. Holy shit. Yeah. Um, but the, the Suns have, I mean, it's put up or shut up tomorrow. You cut out there. It's put up or shut up to what? Tomorrow. Tomorrow. The Suns against the Clippers. It is. And I think nine's too much. I, I think this is a locked-in Suns team. But I'm not. This Clippers team's crazy. But I think that Suns team battles, battles, battles to its, its death tomorrow against the Clippers. Um, because that's really that's what they've done the first two games, and and they've looked yeah. really good. Um, speaking of Dude, P- we, uh, yeah, oh go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. No, no, no. I was gonna say speak, and this is really my last topic. So if you have anything else, I'd be glad to do it. But 
Uh, speaking of TJ Warren, we I wanted to talk about the Sixers. Um, and and just I think people see that TJ Warren fifty three like oh my gosh that's crazy, but there's just a different picture to that, and that is the Sixers didn't play any lick of defense, which is crazy for that that team. And the whole game, man, like I've watched every game and I have not seen a team play with that little joy. They were getting buckets. They weren't really that happy. They weren't defending as a unit. They weren't playing offense as a unit. There was no sets. It was whatever they were feeling at the time. And it, it just made no basketball sense. It it was so weird because you see every guy on that team that steps out there is, for the most part, very talented and it just doesn't come together. And you saw today they squeak out a two point one against the Spurs. I got to watch the tape. Didn't watch the game, but it's like they should not be beating a team like the Spurs, who have no one outside of Yaka Pertle that handle Embiid, no one that can really guard Ben Simmons. I, like it, it just doesn't make sense how they don't smash that team. So they still have some time. I didn't think they were going to come in there and the, the Kings were everything was going to be great. But I also didn't expect them to come in and, and really, to be quite honest, be this far behind where a lot of teams are. Like they are far behind the Heat, they're far behind the Celtics, they are far behind the Bucks. Um, Dude, they're the they're the seventh best team in the East, and they lost to the Pacers. Yeah. Yep. So so I I mean I just I don't know. I think it's Brett Brown's time, unless something crazy changes. It's got to be Brett Brown's time to go because there's just no way that you have these this many weapons and that's your end product. Like that just honestly isn't like acceptable. A, do you think it's like a an ego thing amongst their their star players? Like who needs to be the face of this team? Like who needs to have the ball more frequently? I, I mean, maybe in terms of under the surface and the, like between you know under the surface but i think in the game still like i mean joel takes the most amount of shots like ben simmons seems to know that his role is not around like i just don't understand even if there were that let let's say like if it's still the the joel's still just taking this many shots like it's just i don't know why the product isn't better no no matter what sort of issues are going on I mean, it, it goes back to, and you touch on this all the time, it goes back to coaching and culture. Like, there's no reason that the Raptors should have a better record at this point in the season than the Sixers do. The Sixers have more talent than the Raptors do, but you yeah. see the guys in Toronto that are bought into the program, they're bought into what Nurse is selling. He's obviously a great coach as well. Yeah. They have this uh, this mindset where it, it's unity. Everybody, there's one common goal. I love that, yes, exactly. That with the Sixers whatsoever. It's so far from that, and I guess that's that's what I was getting at. Like, it, you you put a Sixers, you put that Sixers-Pacers on their first game of the season, right? Then you go put the Raptors-Lakers on, or even the Raptors a, a Heat Pacers today. Team, a Pacers team with no Sabonis and no Oladipo. No Oladipo, and... And in that game, didn't have they did have Oladipo, but they didn't have Brogdon, right? Same same idea though. And I mean, oh, sure. it, I besides, no, no, I, it, today they didn't have Oladipo, and, and they had Brogdon. But like, dude, like even if they weren't, regardless of the actual on play on the court, like there's just a difference in terms of intensity, unity, like just a passion for what you're doing, and it just. I don't see it with the Sixers. And and it's so easy not to see it right after you've watched a Raptor game or, or really even a Clipper or really any of a team that really cares about what's going on on the court every possession. And there's just a lack of care for every single possession. And it's just you're not going to win that way no matter how talented you are. Yeah, I mean, who was Embiid was getting into with Shake Milton? Yeah, I was watching that, and and Shake was really, really, really bad. Like Shake was bad. Um, I mean, he was getting. No one was really watching this because it was the same time as Bucks, uh, Rockets. But I mean, TJ was giving it to him, and and Joel. I think that's another area where he needs to grow, and he's young. But like, you can't give it the the your teammate the business during the game on live TV, you just don't do that. If it's all about unity and a family, maybe sure you guys air it out in the huddle, but like it just doesn't. Especially when it's so, when the product that is put on TV in this bubble is so focused on the court. Yeah. You know what you're doing. There's no fans. Like it's only pointed at the huddle. Yeah. Everybody's going to see the 
it's just not something you need, not something you do. And if it's a family, you, you talk about it, but it was not like, and I'm all for understanding heated moments, right? I've gotten to heated moments with teammates in pickup games, but like, uh, it's just different, man. And, and I don't know. I, it's too early again. I, People overreact way too much. It's been two games, but I'll tell you, I've seen nothing really that I liked from the Sixers, and I gotta go watch them versus I the Spurs. The thing is, I, I know it's only it's only two two games, but and we talked about this two weeks ago when we when we when we had the our last pod before this bubble. It's go it's like, time. This needed to be a sprint. Yeah. This is a sprint to the playoffs, and, yeah. and you're gonna. You're going to see the guys and the teams that were ready for it and the teams that weren't, and the Sixers are not. Nope. I think that's partially on Brett Brown. I don't know why they kept him on as the coach to this point. Um, but Maybe we want to give him yeah. another shot, pop guy, but it's it's time. The time has come. If, if, if the Sixers are not dramatic, dra- dramatic, wait. Dramatically? Why did my brain legitimately think it was dramatically? Well, I, I think that you were trying to combine drastically. drastically. Yeah, I kept yeah. saying it. I was like, that is just not right. But my brain is telling me it is. It's late. It's 10.03. I'm in a fully dark room to match Tyler's vibe. But, Dude, bro. Bro, yeah. can we can – we, fuck. We got to pour one out for John Isaac. Yeah. Big time pour one out, man. I, I hope – my hope is that he comes back and is okay. But, I mean, how many times has – I mean, he basically tore his ACL the first time. Like, he's doing it again. I just feel – the magic, the, the magic looked really good. They have. They've, And I think he was a big part of it. The defense just had new life. And I think there you go. You talk about the whole Zion thing. Like, he, the worst part, he was, he was in there. They were up 30. You know, like there, there wasn't any need, and obviously, you know, it happened. So you have to talk about it. But um, I just feel so bad for John. But I, he's gonna come. You saw him crying, but that guy's a man of good faith. He's a hard worker. He'll be back. Yeah. Um, we just don't know, obviously, to what level. But I'm, I'm hoping he could still move around a little bit. You know. You wanna, you wanna quickly touch on the Heat Celtics. Yeah, I was teams. I was gonna say uh, four minutes left. I will say I I would say I I don't really have a huge uh, reaction to the Celtics. I would say they came in and were who I thought they were gonna be. I will say I've loved what I've seen from the Heat. They look really really good. I was pretty low on them because I felt like hey they're in the playoffs. They're gonna have to rely on Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson, Bam Adebayo. Um, Kendrick Nunn, all guys who have never done it in the playoffs, and now you're going to stick them in the weirdest playoff position ever. Um, but Goran Dragic and Kelly Olynyk look so so good, like randomly, like the best versions of themselves all of a sudden. So that's going to be that, huge. I think that does go back to the depth perception thing that we talked about at the start of the podcast. Like those guys are shooters, and in this environment where there's not fans, it's just like this black arena. I mean. Olenek's been unbelievable for them. Dude, and even his misses, you can just tell when a guy is in rhythm. Like, you can tell it's a body language thing. And even the misses, him and Goron, they they look like every shot they've taken, it's like it has felt good. And so that's just – that's got to be a good feeling going forward. It's like this confidence as soon as they step on the floor. And if they're getting the offensive production that they're getting from Goron and and Kelly, they can win games. Like – Today, the Raptors, I'm telling you, the Raptors won by four, and I'm telling you, the Raptors put their best best performance. Like, Van Vliet was hitting everything. The Raptors were locked in on defense, and and it really took absolutely the Raptors' best game to squeak out a four-point win against the Heat, and I and, think that's telling. And that, that's, the, that's just a classic Spolstra team game mentality where they could have totally just cashed it in when they were down, you know, 14 points or something like that. Early on, point. yeah. But all of a sudden, you, you you look at the game and they're up three points in the fourth. Like that team battles. It's a yeah. bunch of hard nosed guys that have you know bounced around the league a little bit, but and, they are in it together. It's and, an impressive team. And the one one more thing, bro, that I, I want to add that I love about them is is you start to get in the playoffs and you think, okay, what's the most important thing? Maybe outside of a rim protector, maybe as important as is elite wing defenders. And then you've got Jimmy Butler, you've got. 
Andre Iguodala, who's been one of the best wing defenders in finals history. Crowder. And then Jay Crowder. And then you have Bam, who maybe is not a wing defender, but he, can he defend on the wing? Sure. Um, that's just a dangerous four set of defenders to throw at really any team, especially, though, the, the Milwaukee Bucks. So um, I, I think the Heat stock is trending up. I Again, I was low on them, but they look really, really damn good. Shout out Alex Hearn. He actually – I had a hot take yeah, that. He, shout out, Alex, and I doubt he's listening to this, but I, I, I will say the Heat have looked very, very impressive so far. Yeah. And then, like again, we only got a minute left, but Celtics, bro, I, 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 they are who I think they, I thought they were, and um, very good offensively and very good defensively. I just when they face an Embiid or yeah, we saw how they, they defended Giannis well, but they just came up a little short. But that was also with minutes limit Kemba and Tatum shooting poorly. So uh, you got to believe the Celtics have a shot, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, uh, I appreciate you all tuning in. It's getting late. I'm not going to lie, bro. I'm sleepy, but we got it done. I'll get this up tomorrow morning. I appreciate everyone for tuning in. I hope um, you all had as much fun as Tyler and I did watching basketball for really just the first four days. We got a lot of it left. I'll be back with Sarge next week covering it and then back with T the following week. Hope you all have great days, great nights. Love you all. Peace.